Just to give you a sense of what's happening here in the studio, uh, PAC President Narias Molotos just walked into the studio and uh, he slides in Manifesto Yama Africa to me just across to say, Chief, in case you haven't prepared for this conversation. Nanzi Manifesto. Uh, that being said, uh, we are indeed looking at the manifesto of the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania, Ama uh, Africa Poco, and I'm joined by their president uh, here in studio, Narias Moloto. Dade Moloto, good evening to you, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Good evening to you and to the listeners of Metro FM. Ndade Moloto, before we get into some of the commitments uh, that are embedded in your manifesto as uh, electoral promises, let's maybe start off, uh, I guess, uh, if you could give us some background and context some of, to some people who might not be familiar with mm-hmm. what has happened. Uh, in terms of the uh, resolution within the different, I guess, warring factions within the PAC of uh, uh, your differences in order for you to contest this particular election, how did we get here? Oh, okay. Yes, as you may be aware that the PSC has been confronted with uh, some challenges of, uh, of factions. But getting into these elections, I think it was agreed. We were before the court, but we have agreed to that the, the PSC shall be one and, uh, and uh, it, will, it will remain one uh, going to the elections and it will obviously work, uh, convene a conference in terms of its own constitution mm. to take issues further. Okay, but that is normal in terms of the PSC constitution. Sure, sure. Now uh, we had a conversation earlier on uh, uh, this uh, earlier on this evening uh, with, uh, uh, I guess, a uh, daughter of one of uh, your veterans, and uh, I don't know if uh, Libuhang is a member, but um, I asked her towards the tail end of the conversation, and I said, yeah. you know, if you had any questions or yeah. any uh, uh, issues you would like to raise with the president uh, of the PAC, what would those be? And the first one that she asked. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a perfect point for us to start our conversation about your electoral promises, was the issue of land. And uh, her suggestion was, uh, uh, or, or maybe her query was, uh, practically what is the PAC proposing when it comes to, I guess, the avenue for access, tenure, and all manner of other issues around the land debate uh, that allow the PAC to move beyond slogan? Because we know the debate of land uh, certainly even as, uh, as recently as the 1994 elections, was something that was uh, central to the campaign of the PAC. I mean, I remember the poster uh, of uh, one Clarence Mlamli Makwetu talking about the issue of land when everybody yeah. else was talking about, about the vote. Yeah. What is the PAC proposing as a commitment from a practical perspective to resolve the landlessness of our people? Look, from a um, practical perspective, is that CODESA created a dispensation on land and, and the PSC seek to um, a new deal out of the realities that we are in the Cordesa dispensation. And we need a new deal. And that deal uh, practically is that um, um, all the stakeholders in this country need to agree that the land issue must be resolved. Uh, similarly, but slightly different to the way in which Cordesa handled it. The, and, and I say so because... Um, uh, the majority of the people uh, remain congested into the 13% of the land. And for them to go, they are overflowing at the moment and they've created a crisis. That crisis is, is a reality. A government of the people elected by the majority must address that. It's a thorny issue, it's a real issue, it's a national issue. Mm. 
practically? What kind of tenure are you proposing? We do know some parties are saying they want an approach where the state is the custodian of the land on behalf of the people. Others are saying they want to give people title deeds. Others are saying uh, we shouldn't do this at all. Uh, what is the view of the Pan-Africanist Congress on the form of tenure that I guess will resolve the question uh, in the rural context and also from an urban perspective? Look, first you must resolve it politically. And the PSC is that the land need to be returned and uh, to the majority need to be redistributed in a manner. But uh, until there's, a, uh, there's a, a political decision to that effect, uh, the rest will be slogans and rhetoric. And we are seeking to move away from that. Mm. And move away from the rhetoric where it's just a nice, for instance, like now we go to elections and we have just seen that almost all political parties were beginning to talk about the land but not really defining and clarifying this issue. First, if you don't have a political a decision on the land, you cannot begin to deal with it. Mm. And and we, we, we believe it's fundamental. Now the voters going into the the eighth May elections must decide on the issue because it affects them. For instance we uh, we spoke about them. We know also that in Parliament they've been talking of the uh, another terminology approach uh, of of uh, um, of taking the land without compensation, et cetera, et cetera. But that dispensation to the PS is not convincing, and we know it's not going to take any anyone this country anyway. So would you compensate uh, uh, the people who are incumbents on the land, much like, I guess, your former partners in struggle, ZANU, has done in Zimbabwe? No, no, not necessarily. Uh, PAC will do it its own way. Uh, South Africa is different. Uh, all what we know is that... Uh, uh, the land, the, the African people, the majority have been dispossessed. And definition of any nation, you cannot have the majority of the people landless and the minority having land and you still call that a nation. Now, it's fundamental. That's where we need to start. You cannot have almost uh, more than half of the population living in squatter camps and zozos around the cities. You cannot have the homeland who were part of the 13% uh, people stranded there, overflowing. Where, until where are they going to overflow? Now, these are the question uh, essentially critical and straightforward to the uh, to the voters of this country to say because at this stage it affects everybody. In 1994, when you spoke about it, PS is the pace setter. When we say, look, you are going to be um, to, to to find yourself trapped on this issue, nobody believed. Us, but everybody, because it's affected, they're beginning to uh, to talk about it, but they're talking about it in reaction. Mm. We talk about it as a matter of course, as a political issue, as a principle, and uh, as a meaning, uh, because without without um, a, a nation um, having something uh, that materially essential, uh, you cannot then um, uh, continue to define yourself as a nation. Mm. Basically, minority uh, are in control of of large tract of lands, and majority are struggling mm. on a daily basis to that matter. We we had a conversation yesterday with uh, uh, Musiwa Likota uh, around this land issue, uh, and I'm quite interested in in when you say that the land must be returned to the rightful owner, which are the African people. Uh, and uh, I guess it uh, you know some of us might be aware, but I, it, it bears mentioning uh, when the PAC says African, who are we referring to specifically? Um, to those who can trace uh, the origin uh, nowhere than in Africa, but also to those who paste their only 
uh, allegiant to Africa, those who work for the uh, development of of Africa and its people are regarded as African people. Okay. Uh, I'm in conversation with the president of the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania, Narias Muloto. I'd love to hear some of your questions, certainly, to uh, uh, the PAC, and uh, not only on the question of land, but uh, in terms of some of the uh, other electoral promises, which uh, we're going to be touching on as well. Give us a ring on 89 Now, uh, and Dade Muloto, we know, certainly from an educational perspective, if we are to depart slightly from, from the issue yes. of land, uh, that uh, uh, certainly many of your own activists as the PAC were in the forefront and uh, rather active uh, during the Fees Must Fall uh, uh, moment in our history as as a nation. And, and I'd be interested to hear from you, certainly uh, from a basic education and even sort of technical and uh, tertiary education perspective, what are some of the promises of uh, the uh, PAC of Azania? And uh, more importantly, what kind of education are you looking for? Because we do know that uh, the young people have also said uh, that it's not just a free education that they want, but they yeah. want a specific education that is able to, I guess, wean itself of its colonial character. Sure. Look, we need education that is uh, free and compulsory. We also need uh, a decolonized education. Education should not continue to orientate the young people and to condition the mind of the young people to serve others. Education should be able to focus the the young, the learners, uh, towards building their lives, their economy, their communities. Um, yeah, that should be the essential of education. Education should not make our people servants and uh, of others and orientate them that way. Okay. And, uh, you know, if, if we can depart just uh, from that one and uh, take yeah. a look at uh, your... Uh, your view on uh, the economy in particular. And in the conversation I had with uh, Lebohang Peko earlier on, one of the things uh, that uh, she certainly wanted to hear the view of the PAC on uh, is our policy mix and in particular monetary policy uh, and the role of the Reserve Bank. We know a very current debate at the moment is around the independence of the central bank uh, and whether or not that should be something that we should depart away from. The ANC has come out and said they mm. want to nationalize the bank and they also want to change its mandate. What is the view of the PAC? Look, the view of the PAC on the economy is that first we must build an African economy, uh, an economy that is owned by the citizens of the country. Now, economy, as we understand it, is the activities of the citizens of a free country that um, uh, produce goods and services that they co- consume as, as citizens. Now, that's where you start. Now, you cannot have an economy that includes just small people and try to serve uh, others who are just waiting uh, as unemployed people. Now, that's the first thing, is to open and to build an African economy, an economy that is owned by the citizens of the country, that all of them participate. That's the first thing. The, the role of the Reserve Bank is to support the, 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 the program, the development program of a government that is pro-people. Uh, that means it has to build the social you, 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 the, the Reserve Bank must be mandated uh, to take a particular line which support a, a development. Now, for, for, for us, whether when you call it national, whether you call it national, and, and if the policies are confused, it's still going to be confused. Mm. So you're saying that it's not about the ownership, it's about the mandate. It's about the mm. mandate, mm. yes. Are you happy with the current one or would you like to change that mandate? No, we are not happy with the current one because mm. the current one just keeps the status quo. Okay. Uh, the status quo that was there is just taking that line. For instance, it, it, 
um, it doesn't support the poor people in any way. Mm. It only supports the rich people. Okay. Let's talk just briefly here about some of the economic zones that you want to create uh, as part of your economic plan, but also uh, your rural development and agrarian strategy. Yeah. Just talk to us about that. You want to stem this flow of people coming from Islaline into the urban yeah. areas. How, how are you going yes. to do that? Look, in the first place, you, you need, uh, we must, <laughs> we are running our economy, in understand, we are running the economy that is, is colonial. Uh, uh, people were, were pushed out into the rural areas uh, by a system of colonial, uh, colonialism. And they were brought in the cities as, 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 as migrant labor, and they were stay in hostels, uh, which today those hostels are turned into the, the townships. That must change. Uh, because that's what we call colonial. Uh, it, it shaped the life and the attitude of the people to be proud to stay in a in in in, in a setup that was, for instance, in a house which did not even have a toilet or a bathroom inside, uh, because it was not meant in a, in an environment where there were no crashes, there were no sport grounds, mm. there were no facilities, there were no school, no clinics, because the purpose for bringing these people into the setup of the urban areas was different. Now, these people, uh, they, they continue to be on a journey uh, between the urban and the rural for different purposes, and that has been normalized. That's why it's only in South Africa when you're in the Easter holidays, you're Christmases, you have so many fatalities on the road because people are still migrating from the cities back to the rural areas, uh, and, and later they come back. You do not have in the world this kind of situation. It exists only here. That must be changed. You see, by decolonizing, it means you must bring a new thing which reflects freedom and independence. And this new thing is that a new settlement policy mm. where before you even settle uh, people, you are said, how many people are going to be settled here? And the infrastructure around that, mm. is, you know these people are going to, to have children. So you must build crash. There's going to, they, you must build clinics. You must build schools. You must build sport ground. You must build parks so that you can realize the complete social development. The potential of the young people can begin to be realized at the, at the early stage. Mm. The environment of social development so, or, or, uh, or human settlement must suit that kind of an mm. Mm. At the moment, we just continue to pile up on the legacy of the of colonial mm. how are we going to finance that uh, i mean one would think that uh, you know there are multiple communities i think there's just over 250 something municipalities at a local level in the country um and um and i certainly agree that you do need those kind of amenities recreational or otherwise in our communities so that those communities become communities and not uh, uh, you know uh, sophisticated dormitories uh, if i can put yeah. it that way but from a financing perspective, uh, are you considering raising new taxes uh, at a local level in order to finance some of that infrastructure development? Look, the first thing is a plan. Uh, you need to have a plan. PSC will have a five-year plan as to what is it that we want to achieve in the in five years in in, ma in in various sectors of the economy, and it will follow that particular plan. Uh, that plan would obviously include finance because you cannot just. Uh, hope that things are going to, to, to happen on themselves. Things will have to be systematic, structured, and deliberate. Now, our manifesto obviously addresses that specific issue, but that's not where you start. Mm. This country is rich. Uh, it needs to be reorganized. It has all the resources. Um, uh, it's not, we are not living in a poor country that cannot afford its own people. Now, for that, therefore, finance is not an issue. 
is that is a mentality on how to approach the, the finance. You have mm. billions and billions in this country. Uh, you have trillions that are either not invested or used for different purposes. Mm, mm. Yes. Uh, I'm also quite interested, certainly, uh, you know, uh, um, to hear the Africanist perspective uh, on women's empowerment. You've suggested here that uh, you want to expose uh, young uh, women who are in enterprise to business incubation centers so that they can acquire business management and marketing skills. Uh, I'm quite interested in, uh, I guess, uh, that particular electoral promise and uh, why you see it as uh, so important. I'd love to hear you out there. Yes, look... Um, uh, in South Africa in particular, the education system and the orientation, the mentality has been that um, uh, you go to school in order to prepare yourself to work for someone, to go elsewhere. Now, the PAC want to depart from uh, that trend because it's not working. Uh, we, we are saying you, let's empower women, let's empower youth in a manner that they will begin to run their own projects they can able to identify the opportunities because mm. the opportunities which are not even been seen by our own people. Now, we want to see an economy that is run through projects uh, of well-trained people uh, and uh, women should play a critical part in that particular regard. Now, we are not um, uh, in favor of this situation of people, the citizens being frustrated hoping that somebody is going to create them. Even when, uh, for instance, industry is retrenching, uh, people, our people are still being promised that there will be jobs somewhere. Somebody is going to employ them. Mm. And yet around the vicinities, around the areas, there are huge opportunities. And the government of the PAC uh, will be looking into, into uh, or reorientating our women, our youth, and the nation in that direction. Okay. Ndadamuloto, uh, please put on your headphones. They've got one of our callers here okay. calling us all the way out from Cape Town. Africa? <laughs> Africa? Yes, sir. Good evening to you. How are you, man? Mifatila <laughs> Runa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know from uh, Comrade Kolobi, uh, as, as per the, the, the PAC manifesto, Yes. where does it place traditional leaders in issues of service delivery, more especially in the rural of the rural, where you would find that the councillor is somewhere in the suburb, mm. and where we are in the rural areas, uh, it, it, it's very dark. You know. So what is the plan? And if I may just also chip in and say... Yeah, sure. Yes, sir? Yes, yes, I'm saying you can chip in, brother. Okay. I also want, would like to hear uh, what, what what is the manifesto of the PAC saying with regards to issues of wage bill? Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, Africa, they're in uh, Cape Town. And Ndadem uh, Muloto, firstly on traditional leaders, and I think one that will also certainly speak to you as a unionist uh, in uh, NACTU. <laughs> uh, what are you saying here about uh, uh, wages and the distribution of income? Yes. Look, then... The PAC, you call them traditional leaders. Our manifesto refer to them as kings and chiefs. Mm. Uh, we see these people as um, um, part of the African heritage, uh, the heroes and heroines of our struggle. Basically, they're the first to resist uh, land dispossession in this country. That's where they came. Their role was changed over time by the settler colonialists. But how we see the PAC government will want to see these people being one res dis I mean uh, respected because they are still the custodian of the culture. Uh, 
mm. the African culture and the customs. Lato, I'd like us to maybe pause this slide. We need to take a spot break. But okay. uh, when we come back, I'll allow you to continue on okay. that thing. Thank you. I'm in conversation with uh, Narias Moloto, President of the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377 if you have any questions for Ama Africa. 18 minutes it is before 9 p.m. I'm in conversation with the president of the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania, Narias Muloto. And Ndade Muloto, before we went to the spot break, you were talking about uh, the uh, role and uh, I guess uh, the uh, treatment that you give in your electoral commitments here to kings and chiefs. Yes. Um, the PSC want them to be respected, need to be, uh, PSC want them to be given an, a new role. At the moment, their role is basically limited to a great extent to the dispute the resolution in the local communities. But um, uh, because they are key to the rural development, we want to see them coordinating economic and social development in a more structured and systematic way. So we believe that uh, the role that they are playing, uh, they need to be compensated sufficiently. We also believe that their role as chiefs and kings uh, um, of the of the culture, they need to be given more space and land. For instance, it's not enough to say these people have a number of citizens there. They should also take care of the fact that uh, these people need to be economically active. Uh, for instance, the, in the rural areas, we know that they these people they look after the livestock. Uh, that area they should pay attention. They should plow sufficiently. Mm. Now we have to build the rural economy around the self-sufficient and make sure that the rural communities are not poor uh, people. So the, the, under the PSC government, the chiefs and the kings, as you call them traditional leaders, mm. their role will be completely different because we think that they need to be developed with time and they need to play a critical role. Mm. Your view on the continued incarceration of Kungani Abatembu, Buelakai, Talinjab? Uh, look, um, it is unfortunate that uh, uh, that situation continues to be the way it is. Basically, it reflects um, how our government approach to the question of traditional leaders, as they are called, or our chiefs and kings, and their customs. It's a clash, and that clash needs to be resolved and mm. should be resolved politically. Because those things, I think, the house of traditional leaders, I don't know... Um, why did they allow it in the first place? Because uh, it belonged to that house. That house must have uh, resolved it and it, it should have made it possible that it shouldn't happen that way. It is, uh, it is embarrassing and it should, it should end. Mm. Then the other question that Africa asked... Uh, and yeah, certainly was with regard to the wage. Yes, 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 yes. Your view on that. Uh, look, um, we, we are saying as the PAC when it comes to the public uh, service that... Uh, uh, these are the men and women uh, who do, for instance, the, for service delivery to happen, we need the public service servants. Uh, for these are guarding, are, are protecting, are keeping our lives because they are nurses, they are police, they are soldiers who are guarding our posts. They are, they are working for the state. The first relief that the PSC will do to them uh, when, when, it's, uh, when it voted into power is to eliminate uh, the deduction of, of taxes from their salaries. Uh, these are the most trapped uh, section uh, of our society. And the, the, the economy of this country is basically um, 
potentially locked there. Uh, these are the people that once you 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 release them, you release uh, uh, billions of of friends back into the economy. You will allow them to be active. And the upper, uh, any free country, the first people that it must look uh, after very well is the civil servants. Mm. And to make sure that uh, they are not burdened from their salaries with uh, with taxes so that they can begin to be active in the, in the economy. We, the PSC will look after, after um, the civil servant in such a way that will begin to experience the, the service delivery efficiently and, uh, and also they will be compensated for the work that they do to protect our lives day and night. You know, when we are here, somebody's on duty and making sure they are risking. Mm. Now, from time to time, policemen are being killed. And the best that you get is the parade somehow once in a year where the family attend. But the life is never returned. The same applies to the soldiers. Now, therefore, uh, the PC value these people and we will definitely change uh, things. Now, you don't value a, a, a public servant uh, or service uh, worker in terms of a, a wage bill. You, you value in terms of the contribution they do to the society. That will be our approach. Mm, and mm. it is our approach. You know, it's interesting that one of the comments that came out um, at uh, the Competition Commission earlier on today was from the Minister of uh, Economic Development, Ibrahim Patel, and he said, what oil and steel were to the 20th century, data is to the 21st century. And one of the things that um, I, I certainly didn't come across in my reading of, of the manifesto mm-hmm. was the approach of the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania to the fourth industrial revolution, especially when it comes to the issue of data, artificial intelligence, and the sovereignty over that data. Every single day we get all manner of calls and all manner of messages from people we don't even know. Yeah. And we don't know how they got this data. Yeah. What is the view of the PAC on some of the things that a state ought to be doing in response to the fourth industrial revolution? Look, the PAC policy are not uh, dictated upon by the external factors to the extent we believe that the first internal factor and our policies must not be policies in reaction. You need the policies to be fundamental to your own interest as a country. Mm. Now, you depart from the internal factor because that's where your interests, your nation, your people are. Now, how do, are you going to interact with the global players and, and, and who are pushing their own interests? We know that the fourth industrial revolution is, been, uh, is an agenda, it's been driven by the, uh, you call it group of, of, uh, group of eight or nine uh, the, glo- the global players. Mm. Now, we are, we are being affected. Our economy and our country is being uh, affected uh, by the external decision. But we will, first, we need to protect our people from the impact of this. Um, uh, the, uh, from, from, from this. But we should be able to pick up the essential, the ones that they can uh, uplift us, they can take us to the, to the next level. For instance, they will, we know that the impact of the fourth industrial revolution is to cut jobs because you replace people with robots. It's what we want. But there's new jobs that are also going to come. Uh, but those new jobs um, will be limited. The intention is to save cost and to maximize the profit. It has, the, the experience has shown that that is the way to go. But is Africa, is South Africa um, uh, in a position, is, is what we want. 
Uh, everybody said we want to employ more people. We want to mm. engage more people. Now, any policy or any practice that come to seek to limit and create a lot of unemployment, it must be discouraged. Now, there is undeniable. It is, it is a fact that we are going to interact and we are going to be impacted upon uh, by these factors and by, by all the global develop, uh, what to call development. We need to prepare ourselves to that. But it will be only a minute number of people that will actually be the beneficiaries of this global trend. Okay, let's take a brief break. And when we come back, I want to hear you out on uh, what, uh, you know, many people have suggested is xenophobia or Afrophobia and uh, some of the uh, violence that has emerged Mm -hmm. from there. And uh, I want to hear what the view of the PAC is on that, certainly as an Africanist organization. Eight minutes it is before the uh, top of the hour. I'm in conversation with the PAC president, Narias Muloto. And Tade Muloto, you would have seen, certainly in the recent while, and uh, I must say over the last 15 years or so, yeah, uh, the untold violence that is visited on uh, our brothers and sisters from outside of South Africa, uh, not only on the African continent, but in the third world more broadly. Yes, um, yes. And, and one would think that uh, certainly with the political program of the PAC that... Uh, the PAC would have been or would have taken on the function of sensitizing our people to the bigger African agenda rather than just the South African agenda. And many people have suggested that the PAC has been caught napping. That's why we see in our communities this kind of anti, uh, anti-African anti sentiment and this kind of self-hate uh, that uh, expresses itself in what we've come to call xenophobic protest. Yes. Um, look, it's, it is really unfortunate. Um, PAC is pan-Africanist in orientation. We believe in... Um, African unity, African people, that we should not discriminate against each other. But uh, terminologies and, uh, are being imposed on what is happening in the development, like uh, xenophobia and uh, like we don't even understand what it means. The reality is that we have s- such a frustrated uh, nation of, of people who are unemployed and they struggle on day-to-day basis, they experience it is it is it is an, it is wrong to name it xenophobia. I think there is a lack of patriotism on our part. Mm. This, uh, you you have uh, our citizens who are unemployed, who are struggling to make the ends meet on a, on daily basis, responding to what they are co- co- confronted with, and and without necessarily justifying that they ought to start to attack to each other. Mm. It is a lack of clarity. Is lack of patriotism on the part of both our government and our leaders to try to carry and explain because there's no time now that we can begin to to explain these things. It's also exposing the education system and the orientation of our people because our people have been told that uh, the only way you can survive is to go and sell your labor elsewhere. Well, our brothers from other parts of the continent and elsewhere, they come here and they they see opportunity and try to make that mm. uh, work for them. Now, they do not understand why are they poor, why are they not having the same opportunities as these people. That's what I earlier on spoke about when I said that the, the problem is a colonial education oriented you to go and work for somebody else. Mm. While the right education must orientate you to see opportunity and take advantage of the opportunities. Now, this clash, uh, and we, for convenient uh, people's sake, we begin to name it as xenophobia and all sort of things. This is a clash of the social realities that our people are confronted with. Now, if it was 
But but in that moment, why aren't those social realities making us go and knock on the doors of the houses we clean in Clifton, for instance? Why is it that we must burn the one who's next door? Exactly. That, that, that's mm. our point. We are saying people confronted. These people are just confronted by the realities before them. I'm not, listen, I'm not res- trying to reason on that. Mm. Mm. I'm saying the, f- the fact that it has been happening continu- consistently and continuously all the time. Mm. And who does it? It's a very frustrated people uh, who, who move around every day sure. uh, and with a hope that at the end of the day you'll have something for the kids to eat mm. and nothing is forthcoming. Yeah. And when when they look around, they find that uh, around them, there are people who apparently even employ and invade in their cultural space, in mm. their custom space, in a particular way. Now, this creates anger, creates frustration, and begin to make people drag the way they're acting. Mm. Now, the question is that what's the policy orientation? Now, these acts are being condemned, and that's it. And they repeat themselves, you condemn them, and... and, and it end there. What would the PAC not, do? No, the PAC will first. We are said the borders are wrong; they must be eliminated mm. in Africa. Sure, because you need to integrate. There's no integration. These people comes, uh, they are brothers, but they come here from certain cultural background. They begin to practice certain things which are not necessarily acceptable to mm. some local communities. Sure. Now you need a transition. You don't need to say these things will just do themselves, work themselves out. Mm. Now, there's a structural way. For instance, uh, we stayed in Africa, we stayed in, in many parts of Africa as part of the liberation movement. Mm. Uh, we, we respected their norms, cultures, and, and the way they do things. Mm. And we exchanged these things in a positive way. Sure. And that's what need to. That's okay. what the PSC will do. Last question on my end, and I guess it's a sort of a more introspective, inward-looking question yes. as we wrap up. We've sure. got about two more minutes left. Uh, many people are asking themselves, you know, why should I vote for the PAC when the PAC is always at each other's throats? Maybe unpack for us what I guess is the genesis of some of the challenges that the PAC internally has been faced with. Uh, and maybe whether or not you think uh, you have the right organizational machinery, one, to get the 50 seats that you suggested at the press club a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and in so doing, make a, a very effective impact uh, in uh, Parliament, uh, where we saw in the last Parliament you only had one seat. Look, what you saw from outside, the PSA has been making huge progress. The PSA has moved from where it was uh, 10 years ago. PSA is now a very dynamic organization. Mm. People must understand the dynamics of an organization itself. When the organization breathes, certain things falls. And that's the nature of an organization. Uh, PSA is not a church. It's not, uh, uh, it's not where you sit and begin... Uh, to, to praise each other. Now, you get things happen. It's a group of people that come from different backgrounds that want to see one organization moving. We have not been concerned. Each time uh, those uh, those steps taken, uh, it took a, a different form. That peace has been very consistent. Uh, it, it Notwithstanding all those, it, has, it, it continued to retain its shape. But why should people vote for the PAC? The PAC is the only organization and party with a manifesto that promises the people of this country some material benefits. Everybody, if PAC uh, is voted into power, you will have something in uh, for himself and for the nation. Uh, the poor people will have something. They will have pieces of land with their own title deed. 
uh, the the public service and servants will have something will unlock the economy will create something new uh, who else has who else in this part the traditional leaders will become free people their role will change now the people should vote PAC because PAC will bring the true freedom and independence to everybody in a form of material benefits freedom will never be will not under the government of the PAC only be in ways yeah? but it will it will have a meaning uh, the people have, will have something to cherish under the government of the peace. We'll have to leave it there, Africa. Thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening. That is the president of uh, the Pan-Africanist Congress of Azania, Narias Moloto, speaking to us about the electoral promises uh, that uh, the PAC is campaigning on for the 8 May elections. And I wish you uh, all the best uh, for those elections. And uh, it's certainly said to be a heavily contested election, least of all on the left. Uh, we've seen all <laughs> manner of uh, parties there. Yes, and, uh, yes. uh, we even saw Evan Jim coming with his party. So it's certainly going to be a very <laughs> contested space. But uh, Metro FM Talk, uh, that uh, certainly is the end for us uh, this evening. I'll leave you in the capable hands and the soulful sounds of a centre. Big thank you, Jaws and uh, Jola, for putting together this great product. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Sbangilizo, kwa ekesi, banga, na ekonomi.